It's all right if you put your hands together. So many things God has brought us through. So many trials he's brought us over. But this morning, we have a new testimony. We stand boldly. And we say, Come on, Sopranos. Come on, 
Good morning to each of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad about it. Go ahead and put those hands together and bless the name of the Lord in your house, in your home, in this sanctuary. That's right. Let's bless the name of the Lord for God is great and he is greatly to be praised. Amen. You know what we need you to do. Go ahead and share this with your neighbors and your friends. Let them know that you're watching K-Chapel Live right now. And this service, this worship is going to be too good for you to just keep to yourself so make sure that you're sharing with 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 your loved ones we want them to join in worship with us amen 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 listen join me in a moment of prayer father god in the name of jesus how grateful how thankful we are for this day god you've been so good you've been so faithful you've been so kind and God, we thank you for bringing us through another week. You woke us up this morning. You didn't have to do it, but you did. And Lord, for that we say thank you. We're clothed and we're in our right minds. You didn't have to do it, but you did. And for that we say thank you. We not only woke up, but we were able to get up. You didn't have to do it, but you did. And God, we say thank you. We thank you for everything, Lord, our health, our strength, the activity of our limbs. We thank you for food on our table, for clothes on our backs. We thank you, Lord, that we yet know our names and what year it is. We thank you, Lord. God, you're so good. And let us never take all that you do for us for granted. The air that we breathe, thank you. The food that we eat, thank you. The clothes that we wear, thank you. And now the songs of worship that we sing, God, we say thank you. We could not thank you enough if we had 10,000 tongues. But with the one that you've given us, we're going to use it to the best of our ability. We're going to declare and claim, God, that you're great, you're mighty, you're wonderful, you're excellent, you're holy, you're righteous, you're faithful. God, you're just good. And Lord, we bless your holy name. Now, God, receive this, our worship, and receive this, our praise. Let it be a sweet-smelling savor in your nostrils, O God. Cleanse us, purify us, that our praise might be received of thee, O God. We ask it in Jesus' name, and for his sake we pray, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, God bless you. Listen, the band is here amen and the praise team is going to join not the praise team the male chorus i guess is going to join us virtually we're going to bring them all together amen through the use of technology and we're going to clean up what we messed up amen
John chapter 20. I'll start reading at the 24th to the 29th uh, NIV. And it reads as follows. Now Thomas, known as the twin, one of the twelve, he was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side I would not believe a week later the disciples went into the house again and Thomas was with them though the doors were locked Jesus came and stood among them and said 
peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have not seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. Let us go in prayer, family. Father God, we thank you for another beautiful Lord's Day. Another opportunity to come together by live screen to worship, to grow, connect, and serve. Lord, prepare us now through the active presence of your amazing Holy Spirit. We invite your presence this morning, Lord. We invite your presence. So, Heavenly Father, fill this place in everyone's place of worship this morning. We love you, we adore you, and we come to lay our lives and our burdens down at the foot of the cross. We pray right now for our beloved sick and our shedding members. Heavenly Father, continue to strengthen and encourage them. Lord God, we offer our condolence to our families and friends that's going through bereavement. Father, wrap your loving arms around them and lift them up. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy that flows endlessly each and every day. And we thank you for your many blessings, your many miracles. We thank you for your unspeakable joy, unconditional love, a peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, we thank you for the promise of your magnificent heaven and the hope and faith of your eternal life. Lord, we thank you that your promises are true and your goodness that never fails us. And lastly, we thank you for the spoken word for this morning. May it rest on our hearts, our minds, long after we leave this place. These and more prayers in your holy son, Jesus' name. Praise God and amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you. Deacon Dixon. Amen. Listen, it's giving time. We want you to prepare your gifts, your tithes, and your offerings as we present them unto the Lord God of our salvation. Any number of ways that you can give, you see that now on your screen, and we ask that you do so cheerfully and liberally, for the Lord still loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Listen, if you've been through anything, you ought to be able to declare this morning, thank God that I'm still here. Amen. Thank God that I'm still Yeah, I've been through this, that, and the other, but thank God I'm I'm still here. Amen.
according to your riches and your glory. We thank you for this offering that's been received today as it should be used for the uplifting of your kingdom. Bless now the gift, the givers, and those who desire to give in the method in which we was able to give through. These and more blessings in your holy son Jesus' name. Praise God and amen.
Amen. Yes. We made it. We are making it because of God's goodness, because of God's grace, but also because of the ministry of some very special people who have been doing the work of God, being the hands and feet of Christ in some amazing ways through through this pandemic, through this last year. You saw just some of the images that captured uh, various things that we've had to do in the parking lot. And through all of this, I'm convinced a new ministry has developed, the parking lot ministry, uh, because we have transformed our parking lot to do everything from uh, COVID-19 testing uh, to the distribution of water and food uh, to parking lot uh, virtual Wi-Fi for students uh, who needed access to internet. I mean, we've done so much in that parking lot out there. And the only way we could do it was by people who are a part of ministry here at K Chapel, looking at what they do already, but also looking at how they could do what they do differently. This month, we celebrate Volunteer Appreciation Month. And we want to recognize those ministries who have gone above and beyond, who have made sure that you and our community have had needs met in very meaningful and tangible ways. Whether it was food boxes, water cases, uh, whatever way we've been able to assist and serve our community. We want to say this month, thank you for those of you, those ministries who have played very significant parts and roles in making sure outreach and ministry happen. This morning, uh, Sister Bonnie McNeil Harris is here to present our awards for this Sunday for these, our volunteers uh, of the month. Good morning. This is National Volunteer Month. I will be presenting two awards to ministries within our church family that have served in extraordinary ways to serve our congregation and the community, to keep us connected as a church family. The first award is the Discipleship Award that is given to an individual or a group that serves to that serves that strives to live a gospel-centered life as students and lifelong learners of the gospel. They share teachings of Jesus Christ with others. Today, we would like to acknowledge the hard work and commitment of the Sunday School Ministry. Special thanks to our leadership team, the general superintendent, department superintendents, and the teachers. Their dedication to ministry, both inside and outside the walls of this church, continues to make a difference. The commitment to the discipleship is modeled by Sister Lawson Johnson, the Assistant Superintendent for Discipleship. Through her sustained efforts, the department continues to bring Sunday School to our congregation via online during the pandemic each Sunday her performance has been nothing of exemplary, producing video lessons 
that features biblical-based teachings while incorporating the curriculum standards. Sister Johnson will accept this award this morning on behalf of the Sunday School. Sister Johnson and Pastor Buckley, would you please come forward? The K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church Discipleship Award presented to the Sunday School Ministry. In observance of National Volunteer Month, this award is presented in grateful appreciation for extraordinary service, dedicated and valuable contribution to K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church Ministries and Outreach Services. Reverend Reginald Buckley, Pastor, K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. The second award is the Medallion Award. It's an award that's given to an individual or a group that exemplifies wisdom and endurance. They provide guidance and contribute to the building of inner strength through different ministries within the church and the community. This award is presented to the Mission Ministry. Sister Carolyn White is the president they are comprised of 11 circles as well as individual members of the church. Their focus is to increase their knowledge of mission work, both foreign and domestic, increasing their spiritual growth individually as well as collectively, increasing membership of the mission and to continue to implement mission service projects and activities to those in need. Their motto, A-C-T-S, actively caring through sharing, is exemplified by extending courtesies to mission members and members who are dealing with health issues and many others. Sister Carolyn White is accepting this award on behalf of the mission. Would you please come forward? Thank you. We'll let the church say amen. Come on, let's say amen again. Amen. Those of you on the live stream, you type amen and put some thumbs up for our mission and for our Sunday school and on behalf of the entire church. Thank you so much to the Sunday school and to the mission for the wonderful uh, ministry you have been providing throughout all of this. We are getting and have gotten through this largely because of how you have ministered with such excellence, with such commitment and with such devotion. Thank you for advancing the kingdom of God, and the mission of this church through meaningful, tangible service. God bless you, and God keep you is our prayer. We're going to get one more selection. Amen, amen. This is a beautiful thing, merging this uh, this band with this virtual uh, male chorus, and I believe we've got a, a special guest on this male chorus this morning. Amen. I won't give it away, but let's see who we got. Amen. God bless you.
holding on to faith you know best and nothing can catch you by surprise you've got this figured out you're watching us now and when it looks as if we can't win And everything we need you supply You've got this in control And now we know that you made a way When my backs were against the wall And it looks as if it was over And you Standing here and we're standing here only because you made a way. You made a way. Now we're here looking back at where we've come from. testify this morning that God made a way and the only reason we're here right now is because he 
he made a way. I don't know how, but he did it. <laughs> he made a way. I don't know why, but he did it. He made a way. I'm so glad that he did it. He made a way. Mm. When it looked like there was no way, God made a way. My God, that's blessing my spirit. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, but you did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made a way. Don't know why, but I'm grateful. Yes, sir. <laughs> he made a way. Don't know why, but I'm grateful. Yeah, he oh, made a way. Don't know why, but you did it. Mm. Don't know why, but you did it. Don't know why, but you did it. Mm. Don't know why, but you did it. Don't know why, but you grateful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know why that you love me. Don't know why that you love me. My God. Don't know why that you care. You did it, Lord. Don't know why, but I'm grateful. Hey. You made a way. Mm. When our backs were against the wall. And it looked. And it looked as if it was Somebody's over been there. you. You did it, Lord. Made a way. And we're standing Lord. here. And we're standing here. Only because. Only because you made. And we're standing here. Just because. Only because you made. No other reason. And we're standing here. Only because. Only because you made. Bless you, God. Bless you, God. Thank you, Lord, for making a way, for holding our hand through all that we've been through, for keeping us through dangers seen and unseen. We testify and declare that it's only because of you that we sit or stand here right now. So we glorify you and we thank you. We ask now your blessings upon the preachment of your word. Stand tall in me now. I decrease that you might increase in Jesus name amen in the gospel according to St. John John chapter number 20 read earlier in your hearing I want to draw your attention to Verse 25, 25 through 27, and I'm going to be reading from 
the contemporary English version. There it reads accordingly. So they told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said, first, I must see the nail scars in his hands and touch them with my finger. I must put my hand where the spear went into his side. I won't believe unless I do this. A week later, the disciples were together again. This time, Thomas was with them. Jesus came in while the doors were still locked and stood in the middle of the group. He greeted his disciples and said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. Stop doubting and have faith. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Between faith and doubt. Between faith and doubt. Reverend Irving Harris, John Jowett, a uh, great preacher from England who pastored the Fifth Avenue Baptist, Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in uh, New York, once said that no sermon ought to be preached until you can state it in one sentence. So here is this sermon in one sentence. God can manage the expressions of our doubts when they are raised in faith. God can manage the expressions of our doubts when they are raised in faith. So the more I read this passage through older and more experienced eyes, the more appreciation I have for this disciple we call Thomas. I suppose this is so because in Thomas we probably have one of the most identifiable and relatable personalities in all of the Gospels who, as a believer and as a follower of Jesus, experiences and expresses Doubt. To be sure, Thomas does not command much real estate in the gospel narratives. As a disciple, he is not a part of that fraternity of the inner circle. Scripture does not tell us that he was assigned to any particular ministry. Neither are there any miracles where scripture singles out either the presence or the participation of Thomas. The moment that most Christians associate with this disciple is this encounter with the resurrected Jesus who comes into the midst of the eleven expressly because Thomas experienced and expressed doubt. Thomas had heard reports from his fellow disciples. They had told him about Christ appearing in their midst while they were holed up in a room in hiding. He 
had heard Peter's and John's testimony at the tomb, and while they had no reason to make these things up, Thomas found it to be something curious and worth personal inquiry and further investigation. King James Version says, I will not believe. I will not believe, says Thomas, except I see the scars in his hands and can touch his side. I will not believe. Thomas does what I believe many believers would do if they believe they could do without being labeled as an unbeliever or judged as a person of little faith by fellow believers. Thomas expresses doubt. He gives voice to what vexes him intellectually. He articulates what he finds too fantastical to believe without more physical evidence. Thomas admits to his doubts. He acknowledges that he is struggling to believe this even though he is a believer. And I love the fact, Brother Dixon, that the disciples give him both the space and the grace to do so. They allow him to say what's on his mind without sanctioning him for it. They do not penalize him for pushing back. They don't disassociate themselves from him because of his expressed doubts. Truth be told, in too many instances, in the church, we make it almost unchristian to ask questions. To engage our minds and interrogate our faith. To explore what we don't really understand and to express things that we are still sorting out. If we dare tell people what we're really thinking about and struggling with and grappling with in a Sunday school class, they may think that we don't really have faith. And in the church, we want people to believe, but we shut down too deep of discussions. We want them to believe, but we tend to have little patience and give little support and offer little space or grace for people to authentically wrestle and grapple with their faith. We want them to believe, but we get offended with their investigation and too quickly mischaracterize them as either troublemakers or undercover believers. And it shouldn't be the case because at any given moment, most of us are somewhere between faith and doubt. Doubt is not foreign to any of us. Although in many Christian circles we are made to feel as if faith and doubt cannot coexist, all of us know something about doubt. As Christian as you are, you've had some moments of doubt. You've had some experience of, of worry and wonder. You have had and still have some times when you rethink what you believe to be true in light of some new reality or some new situation that is thrust upon you. And when used correctly, doubt causes people of faith not to lose their faith, but pushes us to deep in, dig in deeper into it. 
But we ignore this. And we go on teaching that faith and doubt cannot occupy the same space. That doubt cancels out faith. And we use scripture to back up such claims. For instance, the Bible says that Jesus could do no mighty miracles in his hometown because they did not believe. Or that before he raised Jairus' daughter, he put the people out of the room because they did not believe him when he said she was just asleep. And when we teach these scriptures in this way, with the suggestion that it's either one or the other and that the presence of doubt voids the power of faith, I believe that we do harm to the integrity of what faith is and the complexity of how faith is formed. Let us not forget that the great figures of the Bible whom we celebrate and lift up as great examples of faith each had their own bouts with doubt. Abraham doubted that God, in God's ability to make him a father. Moses doubted God's ability to use him as a leader. Gideon doubted that God would give him victory over the Midianites. David resorted to counting the number of soldiers in his army because he doubted God's hand to protect them. People of faith deal with doubt should remind us that faith is not simply some one-dimensional confession of the mouth, but faith requires belief in the heart, which is oftentimes curiously wrought in the crucibles of great crises that invite personal inquiry. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying faith is not a thin pane of glass with but two sides, but it is a dense, multifaceted gem, a gem that has been formed by life's situations, but informed by engaging the right conversations a gem that has been shaped by life's conditions but brought to a brilliant shine by asking the right questions it is a gem that has been created by life's problems and but but has been given its complexity by having been given the freedom to conduct probings that search out the depths of revealed truth what we forget is that faith is a product of doubt and investigation. People arrive at the doorstep of faith having gone on a journey to explore that which they doubt. Doubt, when used correctly, has great value. Doubt is the seedbed of faith. And the two are not enemies. In fact, they can usually be found hanging out together in the same places. Between faith and doubt. Thomas, a follower of Jesus, gives voice to his doubt. And here is the good news of the text. That our doubts do not test God, but rather invite God to interact more personally with us. And God can deal with the doubts of a curious heart. 
God is not put off by the probings of the investigative mind. And, and when we authentically seek after God, search for his truth and listen for his voice, God reveals himself to us. So say the scriptures, seek and ye shall find. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. God wants you to interrogate your faith, investigate his word and deal with with your doubts when it comes to Thomas I know that we usually look down on him and present him as the antithesis to what faith and faithfulness look like but perhaps another look at Thomas through a different lens might at least provide a context where we can appreciate his desire and his willingness to believe Morris listen to his words again I will not believe except, don't miss that. There is in that statement an inherent willingness to believe. There is the voice desire to believe. We tend to single out and concentrate on him saying that he will not believe unless, but by him saying that he would not believe unless, he is also saying I will believe if. I will believe if the Lord stops by and talk to me. I will believe if I can behold him with my eyes. I will believe if Jesus allows me to touch him. I will believe if. Very often people are in this position where there is an impediment between them and faith in Christ. People want to believe. but Sometimes that impediment stands between them and belief. And that impediment comes sometimes in the form of people. Yeah, people get in the way of others believing. People who have abused them, people who have misused them or simply demonstrated too egregious of inconsistencies in their behavior while claiming to be Christians. You don't understand what I'm saying? Let me say it like this. Carnal Christians keep a lot of folk from believing. Lying preachers keep a lot of folk from believing. Cussing choir members keep a lot of folk from believing. Don't get quiet now. Messy members keep a lot of folk from believing that there is anything true and worthy of committing to and trusting in the church. I will believe if I can see that belief makes a difference in how people live their lives. I will believe if. I can see that people live the faith that they talk about. I will believe if when I do wrong, I don't feel judged by people. I will believe if when I've been in the wrong places, I can still come to the church and see and experience openness and open arms. I will believe if the church gives me a reason to. Sometimes an impediment comes not just in the form of people, but also in the form of problems. Things that have happened that were unfair and unfathomable have in many instances caused the questions, God, if you love me, why did you let this happen to me? I would believe if you had kept this from occurring. I, I would believe if you had stayed with me through this, but I felt like you abandoned me when you let that happen and you didn't turn that around. I would believe if 
Sometimes these are but excuses, but very often these are very serious issues and impediments between doubt and faith. But what I hear in that declaration is not so much doubt from Thomas as it is desire. Thomas simply wants, Sister Johnson, what the others have been given. They've had an encounter with the risen Lord. Thomas wants one. They've seen him with their eyes. Thomas wants to see him with his. They've heard his voice and had the opportunity to have their faith affirmed. Thomas wants to hear him so that he can have his own testimony. And Thomas expresses at least as much desire as he does doubt. And I can't criticize Thomas for wanting his own experience with the risen Lord. I cannot in good conscience put down this disciple called Didymus for wanting to have his own encounter with the resurrected Christ. After all, all of our teachings today are about personal relationships with Jesus. We stress the importance of knowing him for yourself, that you cannot rely on the faith of others to get you into heaven or depend on the prayers of others when you can talk to him for yourself. So maybe rather than criticize Thomas, perhaps we owe Thomas some credit for wanting to see him for himself. Wanting to experience the resurrected Christ. Says I'm willing to believe. I want to believe. But if I'm going to believe, I've got to see it for myself. I want the same attention that you 11 got. I want the same personal touch that you received. And that's the next thing I hope that we see in this passage this morning, that having enough faith to express our doubt or our disappointment or our displeasure actually invites the presence of the Lord into our spaces. Some of us are just unwilling to admit to doubt unwilling to entertain the idea of wrestling with faith and interrogating our beliefs. For some of us, it feels sacrilegious to even engage in such dialogue. It's hard for some of us to even talk about complicated issues without getting offended. Somebody believes a little bit differently than you, pushes back on what you believe and wants to have a conversation and a meaningful spiritual Christian exchange, you ought to be able to engage that. You ought to be able to stand on your belief but also hear theirs. And the Bible says, let us reason together. Hear me today, Christian faith is not so fragile that it cannot stand up to critical inquiry. The Bible is not so weak that it cannot take being analyzed. And your faith should not be so flimsy that you can't ask of it questions or lay bare before the Lord in your own doubts, your own disappointments, and your own displeasures. When you dare to do that, the Lord will show up. You don't have to take my word for it. Ask Jacob. Jacob, the brother of Esau, 
who had lived a life of trickery. He was, by all measures, a con artist. He mastered in make-believe. He made you think one thing when he was really something else. You know some folk like that. But eventually he became so displeased with himself that he desired to change. But he doubted that it was possible because he had been living a lie for so long. It was in that space where the Lord met him. In that space of doubt and disgust and disappointment, the Lord showed up in the form of an angel who wrestled with him all night long. And through wrestling, Jacob's name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Israel, which means one who wrestled with God. Through the wrestling, Jacob came into a new understanding of himself. Through the wrestling, Jacob figured out how to live. Through the wrestling, Jacob became a new person with a new perspective and a new faith and a new outlook on life. Through the wrestling, and we must give people the space and the grace to wrestle. To disclose their doubt, to ask their questions, to investigate their faith and wrestle with the answers without penalty or judgment. When we do this, people will come to a developed and a mature faith. The kind of faith that they can experience and then express in its fullness. That's that's what happens with Thomas in this text. Jesus shows up and invites Thomas to conduct a physical examination of his body. Come here, Thomas. Look at the nail prints in my hand. Come here, Thomas. I... I stopped by seven days later because you weren't there when I came the first time, but I'm here now because I heard you wanted to touch the wound for yourself. Here I am. Come come see for yourself. Experience for yourself. Have this face-to-face encounter with me for yourself. And when Thomas finally sees the Lord and the Lord offers his body for physical examination, we oftentimes read something into the text that is not there text says that Jesus says to Thomas reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and we read into the text that Thomas must have touched the wounds of Jesus but read again the text doesn't say that after Jesus offered his body to Thomas for examination the text says that Thomas said my Lord my God in other words once Thomas saw him and heard him, that was enough. Once he saw him and heard him, he didn't have to touch him. After he saw him and heard him, Thomas didn't have to do what he said was necessary for him to believe. All Thomas needed was some personal time with the Lord, and that was enough for him to conclude that Jesus was his Lord. And his God. In other words, all Thomas needed was to have a little talk with Jesus. All he needed was a little time to tell him about his troubles and a little time to open up and to have some. All he needed was a time to confess to the Lord, Lord, I believe, but I have some unbelief here. All he needed was to be able to express himself and and lift up his questions and have the Lord care enough to come see about him. And after seeing him and hearing him, Thomas said, that's enough. My Lord, my God, I said I needed to touch your wounds, but just hearing your word, that's enough. 
I know I said I needed to touch the print of your nails, uh, of the, the print of the nails in your hands, but, but, but just seeing you here, that's enough. And the good news today is that God will give you enough for you to determine that he is Lord and he is God. I wonder if there's anybody who can testify this morning that in your doubt, God gave you enough, enough for your faith to be fortified. Somebody, somebody, You've seen be saved. That was enough. You thought you needed one thing, but you discovered that, Lord, what you did was enough. Somebody was healed. And you said, Lord, that's enough right there. Somebody you... You loved, you saw them walk away from an accident that should have taken them out. You said, Lord, that's enough. Somebody saw the Lord keep you in the midst of this pandemic. You said, Lord, that's enough. Somebody saw that he could be water when water stopped running. You said, Lord, that's enough. Somebody saw your child come back home when you thought they never would step through the door again. You said, Lord, that's enough. I thought I needed one thing, but Lord, what you did right here, that's enough right there. That's enough. So I'm glad this morning that God enters into our spaces of wonder and worry. The Lord comes into our experiences and expressions of doubt and confusion and he brings to us just what we need to leave those moments with our faith having been fortified. Wherever we grapple with truth, the good news of this text is that God will meet us in that space and in that moment. Wherever we struggle with faith, The Lord will give us the answer we need wherever we earnestly seek him. God will be found. Our doubts are not too much for God to handle. He can manage your questions when they're lifted up in faith. Don't tell me that in these last 13, 14 months you hadn't had some questions. Don't sit there and act like you've gone through this, not having had to get by yourself in some quiet places and have your own little talk with Jesus. Oh, I know you believe, but but tell the truth about it. There have been some moments when you've had to look up to heaven and say, Lord, and I'm glad this morning that in our doubts, in our worries, and even with our fears, that God is big enough, God is faithful enough, and our faith is deep enough that we can lean and depend on the reality of our relationship with the resurrected Christ. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Give you his peace. Jireh. Yes. My provider. You are more than enough.
for me Jehovah Rapha You're my healer By your stripes I've been set free Jehovah Shammah You are with me You supply all my needs You are more than enough More than enough More than enough For me Jehovah Jireh My provider You are more than enough for me, Jehovah Rapha, you're my healer, by your stripes I've been set free, Jehovah Shammah. this God Jehovah Jehovah Jireh if you don't know this God Jehovah Shalom Jehovah Nisi if you don't know this God here's the good news y'all you don't have to know all of those names but there is one name. There is one name that if you call on it, you shall be saved. There is one name that if you lift it up with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, there is one name With that name, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. With that name, demons tremble at that name. 
At that name, mountains are made low, rough places are made straight. At that name, you want to know that name? That name is Jesus. If you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, I invite you this morning to call on the name of Jesus. There is no other name under heaven whereby men shall be saved. And if you call on him, he will answer. You ready to do that? Why don't you do it right now? Just say these words, Lord Jesus, this morning, by faith, I accept you as my Savior. I've had some doubts, and I still have some questions. But Lord, right now, I know enough to give my life to you. So, Lord, save me by your power and be with me forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to call the number that's on your screen. There's somebody waiting to talk with you and pray further with you and give you instructions on how to live your new life in Christ. Yeah, you're going to have some questions along the way. You're going to need someone to help you figure these things out and, and what the Bible means when it says this and, and how to hear more completely and more directly from God. Call the number on your screen. We can set you up so that you can live this new life in Christ and do so victoriously. May the Lord bless you and keep you is our prayer. Again, God bless you. Sunday school and missionary, thank you for being with us on this morning. Thank you. God bless you, Sister Harris, Reverend Harris, for being with us as well. Always our deacon and uh, all of our music staff and, and everybody else. God bless you. Thank you so much. Yeah, let me thank you so much. Uh, okay, two things I need to do real quick. Number one, uh, birthdays. We have April birthdays. We have April birthdays that we did not do last Sunday. So let's make sure we lift up our April birthdays. We got some hands going up. We got an April birthday back there in the house back there. Amen. I know my mom's April birthday, amen. My daughter's an April birthday, amen. God bless you to all the April birthday babies. Happy birthday to you. Real quick, let's give them a happy birthday, amen. said my mom, my daughter, and my mother-in-law. Amen. All April birthdays. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, we want to also, again, we're back in parking lot ministry, y'all. Well, not really, but you'll see what I'm saying. So listen, we are going to host here at K Chapel uh, vaccination, COVID-19 vaccination on April 24th. That's a Saturday, April 24th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Willie Wright uh, Gymnasium. And so we want you, if you have not received uh, your vaccination, this is for adults ages 18 and up. Is that right? Ages 18 and up. Uh, you can come and receive that vaccination. It is free of charge. You don't need to uh, bring anything. We do ask that you simply go online 
uh, on the website that is made available now. You should be seeing in the, t in the chat line. Uh, there should be a link in the chat line. And also, uh, we will push that out by way of text. Uh, so if you need the vaccine or someone in your family needs uh, to get vaccinated, we will be a vaccination site on Saturday, April 24th. Go online, get registered. I don't know how many uh, we'll be doing. Any idea? No? Yes? Got about 200. We'll be vaccinating 200 here at the church. And so if you're in need of a vaccine, need of that to, de get, to get inoculated, come and get that vaccine on April 24th, Saturday, April 24th, from 9 until 2 p.m. You should be receiving a text in just a few moments, uh, as well as the uh, link being in the group or the, the uh, chat line. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Now, may the grace of God. The sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Praise God.